Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an episode of Raised by Giants. If you enjoy it, you can listen to all their content at ForbiddenKnowledge.News and all podcast platforms. Just click the link in the description to get access to all their content now. by giants where we talk all things spirituality i'm writer lee tonight we have special guest michael freely but before i introduce him raised by giants is now on rockfin if you haven't heard of rockfin it's an amazing video platform that actually cares about its creators you can make a free account over there and watch all of my content and all of the other creators content but what you really want to do is sign up for a premium Rockfin account, which is far less than a YouTube premium account, which is only $10 a month. And you'll not only get my premium uncensored content when it gets released, but you'll get all of the other content creators, premium content as well. Check the link in the description to sign up for the video streaming platform Rockfin. Also, if you would like to make a donation to help the channel grow and produce more content, you can donate on PayPal or buy me a coffee to help support my work. It is 100% completely optional and is the only alternative other than monetizing. And we all know what happens to channels like this when monetization gets involved. So if you can donate, I'd very much appreciate it. No donation is too small. And thanks to everyone that's donated so far. No matter how big or small, I still appreciate you all a lot. Very generous people in this community. Check the links in the description for donation options. Thank you. So without further ado, introducing tonight's guest, Michael Freely. He is a former UK police officer and now ancient code breaker and spiritual life coach who has authored seven paperback books with others currently in writing and several ebooks on various esoteric subjects and is also a public 
and international conference speaker and global radio contributor. Michael is a multiple paranormal and UFO experiencer and has personally witnessed dimensional portals opening up before him, admitting unorthodox craft and numerous UFO sightings day and night and has seen an ET being face-to-face amongst many other personal close encounters of the third and other kind. Hello and welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you. I'm excited to speak with you here tonight. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me here, but, and, and thank you. Lo- lovely background you have there. We love that uh, universal, universal thing. It makes me feel like I'm going home. But, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tapestry, uh, actually, that I uh, that I hung up there. But I think it works pretty well. I've been using mm. it for a while. But um, uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Um, well, where I thought we would start this off with is, you know, kind of how your your journey began. Because from my understanding, your <clears throat> experiences started when you were uh, on the police force in the UK. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Uh... It was a 30-year career that I entered into, and I got to year 17. And I had no idea what was about to come, really, in that 17th year. Excuse me. And probably around about 2006, 2007, I began to start seeing, to say, unorthodox things in in the sky. And on night duty, I would see wormholes opening up in in the sky and seeing craft coming out of them. That wormhole would then dissipate and the craft would continue across the sky. There'd be several incidents where... <clears throat> I was involved in a potential landing because of the way it felt. Some of the things that we, the calls that we received in about silhouettes and intruders in back gardens, uh, street lighting going out, manhole covers, which are the, the big circular metal covers that, that cover holes in the ground, the, the underground electricity uh, of the ground. They were being literally shot up in the air with the underground explosions, and there'd been nine explosions that particular night. I'd seen two parallel traveling shooting stars, which as far as I'm concerned, you don't normally get two shooting stars traveling alongside each other. And there was some kind of landing that evening. And as a result of that, when I came back home, all of my emails were stolen, copied and put back. My phone was tapped. Uh, I was basically monitored from, from that point. And then there'd be other things like gigantic UFO in the sky, cigar shaped, three of them in broad daylight literally above uh, where I live. And what one particular incident was when I stood next to someone who I would class as a man in black, really, who had black eyes. Uh, his skin was really taut and tightened over his face as if it was just some kind of mask. And he's about six foot three tall and his, and his energy field was, was horrendous. And so th- this was continuing all the way through. And then when I left the, 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 the police force in 2009, because of the amount of things that, that, that were happening to me, I could never go back to the person I was beforehand. And in 2009, I had a really, really major awakening where I was taken consciously, taken back in time to the scene of a crime. And that, again, that was pretty horrendous. And I couldn't actually sleep with the bedroom light off for six months after this particular incident. So it was really, really a harsh, a harsh reality to, to, to be awoken into. But having said that, once it had happened, then it began to get a little bit more pleasurable with you know, seeing, seeing other things, seeing see-through spheres in my room with advanced technology inside them, having sort of telepathic communications with, with things not of this world, 
been invited to certain places. And for anyone who's seen the movie Klaus Encounters of the Third Kind, when the, when the cast are being sort of invited to, to, the, to the mountain, that's happened to me and several friends where we were invited to a set of stone monoliths about an hour away from where we live. And that was to open some kind of gateway. So it, it, it was an interesting interesting uh, journey. Not, not a day or night went by when I wasn't experiencing something. But as a result of that, it introduced me to a new reality, it widened my search for the meaning of everything. And I could never go back to what I once once was. So without emotion, which was very, very strange because I was absolutely married to my career. Without emotion, I just resigned at year 17 or 13. I had no particular direction in mind, I had nothing in particular to go to. And but I just did it on a feeling. Uh, and that's what I did. And then and, and that's where I where I'm sitting here today. And then that advanced to quantum equations and, and images of those being planted into my head, which I simply just wrote down from a picture in my mind. And they all related to angular velocity and space travel and different things. And these were just being planted into my head. So it really like, like to, downloads, like download, <clears throat> like spiritual downloads. Yeah, yeah. I'd get literally a quantum equation, sometimes a very compli complicated one. And from, from the image that was still in my mind, I would write it down. They also had genetic images as well. Uh, and it was all to do with the repair of DNA that was just planted into my head. And, and, and again, I just drew it from a picture in my mind. And so it, was, it got very, very interesting in terms of the advancement of how the communications were beginning to happen. In, in addition to this, of course, I was getting lots and lots of downloads about the ancient world and what the pyramids mean and what Stonehenge is and, and how they're all connected to other planetary mon monuments, but also how they're also connected mathematically to monuments and monoliths that are on other planets of the solar system and how each of them mathematically were marking not only their own precise location, but the location of other monuments as well. So the face on Mars in its longitude and latitude coordinates was telling you exactly how to find Stonehenge in the UK. The Great Pyramid was telling you how to find the five-sided pyramid on Sidonia. And you had all of this correlation, which was really a mathematical satellite navigation system. And all of these downloads were coming because I was simply bypassing the five sense consciousness and bypassing physicality and accessing the universal library, which the Egyptians called the Hall of Records and spiritual people called the Akashic Records. But nevertheless, it's a, a library from which we can access all of this wonderful and sacred universal knowledge. It, uh, it's very interesting because a lot of people, uh, well, not a lot of people, but some people, when they have their contact experiences, they seem to get these kinds of downloads in binary code. I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with the Rendlesham Forest incident with Jim Pennison yeah. putting his yeah. hand on the pyramid-shaped craft, and he's getting all of these uh, these codes, and he kept repeating these codes, and then, you know, it was deciphered later on. Um, but before we get any uh, deeper, I, I wanted to go to this portal thing because there, I don't know if you saw, but in New Zealand, there was a, uh, some kind of portal that um, was opening up over New Zealand. I actually have a, uh, a screen share. I'll show it to you and see if it was something similar. Can you see the screen? Uh, oh, yes. Like, uh, I don't know if this is something kind of <clears throat> similar to what you saw or not. It's, it's in a video format, yeah. but it was it was the same color, but it was more serpent shaped, long. But it was the exact same color. But if you imagine that was actually stretched out across the sky as if it was a serpent, 
that's exactly what it looked like. But it was the exact same colour as that. And the, the sky was pretty much the same, but it probably a bit lower in the sky than that. But yeah, same colour, but it was long. And that that's pretty much what it looked like. And if you imagine that, and then at the, what would be the, the centre white part there, uh, that would have been the end of what I saw and a craft come out to the end of it. Uh, was that a cigar-shaped craft that you saw come out of it, or was it some kind it of... Was a, of a, it was more of a disc that came out of it. But the, the actual portal was like a, a very, very long, outstretched sort of serpent shape. And then the, the craft came out of the end of it. So whereas that is more like a vortex, this was long. Uh, and then it just dissipated and the craft continued across the sky. But it was more of a traditional disc-type shape. Yeah, that... Uh... I don't know what the what the deal is with the with the portals, but I, I'm guessing it's some kind of way that they travel that they they're able to open because there's different kinds of portals. There's the organic portals, there's the inorganic portals, or there's the artificial kinds of portals, and then there's the ones that happen naturally. Uh, you know, like a lot of people think that um, a lot of the ancient uh, megalithic sites around the planet are these kinds of portals, and they can be opened organically. Ashiana Dean talks about this and how. You know, if you activate your 10-strand DNA, then you're able to get inside some of these portals and go to a different dimension or some kind of different reality or something like that. <clears throat> the, the, the ancient sites are portals because they're, they're, they're markers upon intersections of magnetic energy and ley lines or dragon lines. And Stonehenge is a portal, the Great Pyramid is a portal. There's Earth-to-Earth portals, there's Earth-to-other planets portals, there's all kinds of things that, that are happening in, in terms of entering another dimension, which is really, uh, should we say, a, a grouping of energy that is based upon units of sound, because the whole of the universe is created by sound. In the beginning was the word, which is sound, and everything is a convert of sound. So when you see hieroglyphs, Nazca lines, crop circles, beautiful snowflakes, that is geometry, it is sound, sound frozen, which gives these beautiful shapes. So there's lots and lots of different frequency portals that they are traveling through. And five men disappeared from, from the center of Stone Engine in 1971, having gone through a portal, never to be seen again. So they, they, these things are real and they, and they do give access to different places. Do you think that's what the, the Bermuda <clears throat> Triangle is? And there's also all kinds of different spots around the United States. There's the Alaskan Triangle. There's the Great Lakes Triangle, where a lot of ships and people tend to kind of go missing. Do you think that they're kind of slipping into a different uh, reality or a different portal, and that's why they're never found? Yes. In an average day, people will, without knowing, slip into different parallels or slip into different, so we say, dimensions because they are so close, they are so parallel, they're so intersecting. And I've done it. Uh, I, I've found myself in other places and come back. I've seen ghosts too looking at me because sometimes in what is known as a pseudo appearance, we can drift into another parallel existence and we can become the ghosts to that reality. And then we drift back and don't even know because everything is very, very close. And as I say, dimensions are really units of sound in a geometric form. But within those dimensions, within those octave dimensions, you have two timelines in each dimension. So we, we've been in the third dimension. We have the two from the first, two from the second, two from the third. So there's six timelines that we have access to. And if we raise our octaves and our vibrations, which is what the positive alien agenda is trying to help us with, 
by removing holographic insertions that are keeping us back. If we raise our octaves to the frequency that is aligned to another timeline or another dimension, then we will be there. And when you look at UFOs shooting at 90 degree angles, 90 degree angles takes you between realities, between dimensions. And that is why UFOs travel at 90 degree angle turns because they are shifting reality, they are shifting dimensions. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that I've ran into something similar to, to that as well. Like I was very disoriented one time that I was driving and I felt like that I was in a completely different area and a completely different time, right? Like the things that were supposed to be there weren't there, you know, like I was, I was in California actually, and I was driving on my way to work and it was in Dana Point area, Laguna Beach area. And uh, I was just driving and then all of a sudden the ocean was just gone. And you should be able to see it, you know, and I'm like freaking out just a little bit because I had other people in the car with me and I was like, holy crap, like what's going on? And then later on, as I talked to more people about it, they were like, yeah, you probably kind of uh, shifted into a time, a different timeline or a different reality or a parallel reality or parallel timeline for a short amount of time. And then you were able to get out of it. But then that also brings into the question and brings up the topic of the missing 411 people too, you know, like how they... Uh, you know, they go missing. A lot of their stuff is never found, you know, and whenever it is found, it's, it's neatly stacked. It's like they were there the entire time, but they were just right out of our perception of our view, you know, and uh, the way that it's been explained to me is like, it, you would never know if you're actually about to go into a portal or uh, an alternate dimension. It's just, it's exactly like what you said. It's, it's just stacked over in such a perfectly aligned way that you would never know. And you would accidentally go into um, another portal or another time. Yeah. So, so sometimes <clears throat> you don't know. I've, I've been in, I mean, my own personal Renderson Forest was when I was walking with my wife and, and, and a friend through extremely pitch black forest and you literally could not see in front of you. It was pitch black. There's, there's no street lighting. There's no cars. There's no people. And all of a sudden there's a, this, this really, really bright, big, big, bright white light in, in the center of the trees that filled pretty much the, the, the landscape of where we were. And when we look back at the photographs, there's like orbs either coming in or going out of, of this bright light. It was so bright you couldn't look into it. So some portals, as you say, you just drift. Now, if you'd have continued in the frequency of that timeline that you were in, you would have stayed there. And you probably would not have come back, but we just seem to automatically drift in and out. Some portals you can see, I've spoke to people who have been at Stonehenge and they've looked down by one of the stones and they've seen a portal opening and almost looked like there were steps going into the ground. So some, some you can tell, but largely you just drift in and out of parallels in different times and don't even know. You, you mentioned uh, the, the positive ETs are trying to shift us into this higher or, or better vibration to get us on a better kind of timeline, right? And I find that so strange because... It, you know, we have this weird thing happening with disclosure, you know, that's that's really coming from our, our, our government that it, that blows my mind that we would be listening to these people that's been, you know, covering up this phenomenon for 70 some years. Now we're listening to the same people that's covering it up about actually what's really happening. We have so many um, 
three-letter agency people involved in this whole disclosure phenomenon. And I'm like, I'm trying to think about why would they, why are so many of these three-letter agency people and military people involved in disclosing, disclosing the truth about ETs and about aliens and about UFOs? We shouldn't be listening to them, but for some reason, people are taking them hook, line, and sinker. So what do you think is going on with the, the whole ET and UFO or UAP that they've renamed the phenomenon? What do you think is going on there? Well, firstly, the positive aliens who, are, who I believe are advanced spiritual humans of the past, they, they do not see worldly governments as representative of the people, so they don't deal with them. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They, they, they come to certain individuals in society but they don't deal with governments because they do not represent the people. What you have is an NAA, which is negative alien agenda. And that is an off-planet, should we say, negative energies that have taken control of, of Earth. And they've taken control of Earth by creating fake timelines. And what they're doing, the whole of the world is manipulated as such that is kept in a very, very low vibration, a very, very low octave through fear, through panic, through fight or flight, uh, from living from one paycheck to the next. People are constantly in fear about something. And when I said earlier about when you align yourself to different timeline frequencies, you are there. In the same vein, if they can keep you in the vibration that Earth is at the moment, it locks you into their false timeline, which is a binary code matrix. And that, And they do that again by holographic insertions where they're actually using people's own energy to fuel it. They are, they create a system of mind control and they can, that they, they have created a system of inhumane anti-human values. And when people say to me, so would our government really do that? Yes, because they're mind controlled to do that. And what we have is, is again, binary code, which is the matrix, which is duality, which is zero and one, which is negative and positive. And that is a dualistic system, a byway of a binary wave. What they're trying to stop at all costs is humanity drifting into a trinity code, which is a unity consciousness. Because when people get together as a unity consciousness, we change the future. And any forecasted world event, such as, you know, like the mass vaccination or different things, when these things get halted or don't happen as they are prophesized, then somewhere along the line, we have changed the future. We have stopped it happening. So the positive ones are trying to shift us into the into a different timeline, and the negative ones are trying to keep us in the timeline. I can assure you that any any disclosure that is government-led, military-led, 
government agency-led is a negative agenda. So for all those in the UFO community that are screaming, disclosure, 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 be very, very careful for what you're wishing for, because anything that involves the government is the NAA, the negative alien agenda. Absolutely. And I think there's another layer to it as well. I think that they're trying to cover up the highly advanced technology that they have themselves. Mm -hmm. right? And they're trying to cover up that they've had this highly advanced technology for a really long time. And they can't come out and say that they've had it for a really long time, because then that raises too many questions, right? And there's <clears> too much opposition to the whole thing. I mean, shoot, you can get on Google right now and type in patent for TR3B, you know, and it's going to pull up the direct patent from the United States government. And as you can read all about it and how it works and everything. And mm -hmm. it's like, they're putting it right in front of our <clears> face, but they're giving us something opposite. And there's been everyone that's been screaming disclosure and disclosure, disclosure from the government that they're going to give it. It's never panned out. They haven't, they, they always say, Oh, we don't have any kind of craft like that. There's no craft that the military possibly has that, you know, that can maneuver or make those kinds of maneuvers. That's the first thing that they get on there and say, and it's always from the CIA, uh, covert intelligence people and the military people, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. deceiving you. It's a deception. And the only way that they can do it is, is make it a threat, right. And turn it into something that's outside of ourselves when it's probably more than likely, like what you said, it's us doing it to ourselves, right. It's, it's our own <laughs> government doing it to us. Yeah. I mean, as, as well, you know, I, I, I watched a program just the other night where, where, when NASA are sending little rover missions to Mars to look for life on Mars. And then behind the scenes, they're using what are known as jump doors, which is basically frequency dimensional travel to Mars and to other planets. So on the one hand, you're saying we're looking for life. We haven't found it yet, but it could be there. And on the other hand, they're actually going through their own portals to these planets themselves. And there is life on Mars. There's life on probably lots of planets on the solar system, but they're in a the different frequency. So you wouldn't necessarily see them if you were there. And that's the same with some of the ancient cultures that are seemingly missing or, or just disappeared from the face of history. They advanced to such a level that they're on a different frequency, they're on a different timeline, and we can't necessarily see them. And again, that comes to you know the 411 uh, incidents as well. But there's all of these, that, these technologies that they know of, that they have, that they, they are in possession of. And, you know, I, I have close friends who, who know people who've worked on UFO technology, and where does that come from? UFOs. So they will tell you anything. History is a lie. Your belief systems are a lie. Your education is a lie. Your reality is a lie. It's a false reality. So why would they now all of a sudden start telling you the truth about, oh, we don't know it, about any of this stuff? When you are a known and proven liar, don't be surprised when you get lied to. Over and over and over again, and people keep falling for it. But you brought up something uh, really interesting that I want to really get into a conversation with you about because you brought up the whole duality and polarity thing that, that we're experiencing here in this reality. And I think that that's what the entire Bible was all about, was describing this duality and polarity that, that we, uh, you know, tend that we have to deal with here in this uh, physical 3d uh reality you know and uh, i did a whole video about this uh titled uh sex gate in the allegorical and symbolical nature of the bible but you know it's like people have been taking christianity and these abraham abrahamic religions so literal 
when they're not meant to be taken literal, right? They're, 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 it's hidden, it's in code, it's, in, it's an allegory, it's a metaphor. I mean, uh, you know, if you look up the, the, the first uh, three words of the Bible are in the beginning, uh, God creates, but in the Hebraic translation, it states that in wisdom, Elohim creates. And in the Hebraic uh, translation, the word El is God and is uh, masculine. And the feminine version is Eloah. And in the Hebraic translation, the word Elohim is plural, meaning gods and goddesses. So we have that in the first three words of, of the Bible, that, that God is an androgynous God, right? Which then means that the angels would also be androgynous and they would have created Adam in their image, which would be, you guessed it, androgynous, right? And then whenever, uh, then God, uh, well, which is uh, Jehovah, which is one of uh, God's angels, which also translates to God, split Adam in half the androgynous again this is metaphorical and allegorical that doesn't mean that they were they were actually androgynous right but when he metaphorically split adam into two he inadvertently created this duality and polarity between man and woman because we all have the the male and feminine energies <laughs> running through us that's the the kundalini serpent energy that's all within us when within us so whenever he split adam into two that that created this whole reality that we're that we're living in uh sorry i rambled a little bit <laughs> no absolutely the, the 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 bible really is the geezer platter so everything that is in the bible is mentioned in the geezer platter which is really the oracle in stone and <clears throat> the great pyramid is the epicenter of all planetary monuments and monoliths so it, it came from egypt it then was taken by the Hebrews and the Kabbalah, which then later became Christianity. The Bible itself is a work of genius if you read it at its correct levels. So for argument's sake, the word in, in cipher, which is a clouded secret language, relates to the number 51, which relates to the angles of the pyramid. And it also relates to the mind. So when you look at, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens. The numerical value in Hebrew is 2,701 for that phrase. Now, when you get the numerical value for Jesus Christ, which is 73 and 37, 73 times 37 is 2,701. So you have Christ within in the beginning phrase of Genesis 1.1. Now, when you get the Great Pyramid, which is 481 feet high, and you use what is known as a digital summation, which is taking a series of numbers and breaking them down and adding them up, 481 becomes 13. Now, 481 divided by 13 is 37. So Christ is encoded within the Great Pyramid. Now you have the likes of the Ark of the Covenant, which is the sarcophagus of the King's Chamber. You have the likes of the New Jerusalem, which is the Sphinx of Egypt. When you do the diameters of the Sphinx, it relates to the perimeter of the New Jerusalem, which is heaven on earth. Noah's Ark is the Great Pyramid, and Noah relates to the completion of the seven chapters. Adam and Eve, again, is a metaphor. They lived in the east of the Garden of Eden. Now, when you, when you break down those words, Eden, Garden, East, <clears throat> it basically means to fall from eternity into a confinement for a limited time. So, in other words, it is the fall from a celestial to a terrestrial place 
where we come into this third dimension for a limited time to experience or for creation to experience itself. So by virtue of being here in the third dimension, we have all fallen. It is a sacrifice. And when you look at Adam, it is Aleph Dam, which is the blood of the ox. And the ox is a sacrifice. So we have sacrificed ourselves. The altar of the church means place of sacrifice. The womb is related to as a sacrifice because we come through the womb to come into this world. So the whole Garden of Eden story is telling us that we've fallen from a celestial place to a terrestrial place. Many, many stories of the Bible, in fact, all of them, all the stories and all the characters are telling us of our journey. So for argument's sake, when you look at Cain and Abel, Cain means empty, Abel means spirit. Cain kills Abel, so Cain kills the spirit. Thou shall not kill. It's talking about killing your spirit. Now, many religions, Islam and others, ban smoking and drinking and so on. Why? Because it kills your spirit. Thou shalt not kill your spirit. So the story of Cain and Abel is, is again, a lengthy way of saying you must honour your spirit, you must raise your spirit, and you must not kill your spirit. When you look at Moses, captivity is ignorance. And that really is the lower chakras of the body, which is activated by the serpent force, Mary Magdalene, sorry, Mother Mary. That is the feminine divine power. Now, this serpent force is at the bottom of your spine. When you take this journey from captivity to the promised land, the land promised, you take the path of least resistance, which in mystical terms is known as the Alpen Sea. Now, that may give you a clue as to why Moses opened the Red Sea. It is the Alpen Sea, the path of least resistance from your lower chakras to your illuminated self. Galgotha, the place of skulls. And when you take this path of least resistance and you activate the, your inner illumination, which is Christ, you face the burning bush, which is your illumination of the mind. Now, just in this region, and this is all confirmed by Gray's Medical Dictionary, you have what is known as the vault, which is the tomb. That is the tomb that Christ resurrects itself in between the olive and the pyramid, which are two regions of the brain. So the whole story of the Bible, Abrahamic religions, Abraham is Abram, which when you just mix the words is Brahma. So all of these different religions are the same thing of a different description of a different God. But if they were, to say, smart enough to realize that every single religion has the same origin, and that is the resurrection of yourself through various practices. As I say, Noah is the, the activation of your seven chakras, and which is why you have a rainbow above the ark, because that is the seven colors of the chakras, which are vibrational in vibrational alignment with octaves of the universe. So the Bible itself is really a metaphorical book. It is in multi, multi layers. And for, for one, if, if, if you get the Torah, which are the five books of Moses, and I'll, I'll, I'll come back to Moses in a moment and how Moses was really born in Egypt, the, the secret of why Moses was born in Egypt. But when you get the Torah, the five books of Moses, Genesis to Deuteronomy, if I was to hand the Bible to someone or the Torah to someone and say, read this, I guarantee probably everyone would read it as a book from left to right, Genesis to Deuteronomy. And yet the Hebrew mystics read and write from right to left, which is bringing themselves towards their spiritual center. We have been taught to write and read from left to right, which is taken as a way from our spiritual center, the heart. 
Now, you shouldn't be reading it from Genesis to Deuteronomy. You should be reading it from Deuteronomy to Genesis, which is from right to left. Then you get a completely tra different translation to what it is saying. Because Genesis in the beginning, the beginning is also the end. The end is also the beginning because it is a circle. Now, going back to Moses and how we are told in the Bible that Moses is born in Egypt. That is correct, but not in the way you think. Egypt is a Greek word. Kehemet is Egypt. And that is spelled K-E-M-E-T. The K is knowledge. Emet means truth. So Kehemet is truth and knowledge. Now, when you translate that into Hebrew, Hemet, it is a capital M, which means mem, which means water. So Moses means drawn from the water or of the water. So the capital M in Kehemet is Moses. And that is how Moses is born in Egypt. It is in the word Egypt from which you find Moses. All these things are metaphors for our own resurrection, for our own rebirth, for our own initiation and when you realize that when you realize that christ is a symbol for the perfect man christ is everyone's inner illumination and inner potential to become that christ knowledge when you look at the word buddha it means enlightenment why does buddha have a lotus leaf of a thousand petals because in spiritual science the number thousand relates to the conqueror which is the master of self and the word self contains el which is God. So God is in self. And then that brings you to the shape of the pyramid itself and what it means. When you have the law of spirit, which is what we call God, the unity consciousness, everything, nothing at once. When it steps out of that dimensionless state, it has the departure point, which is a dot. Now, when you get a dot and move that dot in any direction, it becomes a line. <clears throat> you now have the first dimension. A line could potentially be infinite just go on forever with the line but because we live in a beginning and an end reality that line has to be confined so it is confined in a triangle so a triangle represents divinity in the third dimension because the third dimensional triangle is a tetrahedron which is a pyramid now the building blocks of matter is a cube now we're told you know we have the cube of mecca we have the, the new jerusalem which is a cube the building blocks of matter is a cube and by a hypercube, you can go between dimensions, which is a cube within a cube. But the building blocks of matter, material world, is a cube. Now, when you shave off the top four corners of a cube, inside it, you reveal a pyramid in geometric shape. So what a pyramid represents, and this solves a mystery once and for all, what a pyramid is, is divinity within matter. So those who have found their own divine self within the material world, are represented by the pyramid. It is divinity within matter. Now, the ancient races that built these monuments, who were the elongated skull race, because they needed greater brain capacity to, to have greater spiritual capability, were, were the sons of God, which then can bring you into hell and we can bring you into other things. But it wasn't the son of God, it was the sons of God. And they operated on the seventh plane of consciousness, which is the God state. They were the gods walking on earth. That is what the Bible is talking about, the sons of God. And they were able to build these monuments through sound by levitating bricks, by creating laser beams by sound, which were cutting the bricks. Now, when you look at the word stone, it then becomes very biblical again, because the word stone in Hebrew means father and son. 
Now, when you analyze sun still further, you get Benner, which means to build, but you also get sonic sound and resonance. So in other words, they are telling you the monuments were built by sound and by resonance. And they are amplification centers of sound, which were creating portals, but they were also connecting to each other upon magnetic ley lines. Now, all of this wonderful knowledge, these sons of God, spread out across the whole of the world. And wherever you find pyramids or ancient monuments, that is where they disembarked and that is where they insulated their advanced knowledge into these sites. These sites are silent witnesses and legacies to the ancient wisdom and knowledge that once reigned upon the earth. And they also say that we are going back to that state. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that then brings into the positive alien agenda, which is to push us onto the correct timeline. Because that correct timeline is the seventh civilization who are the flame bearers of knowledge, which is symbolized by the Olympic torch, by your Liberty flame, uh, Statue of Liberty in New York, and so on and so on. And that was set and that was timed in our year to begin in 2001, which was the 17th 360 year cycle of the Egyptian star code system. And based on that Egyptian star code system, I have dated the Great Pyramid at 73,440 years of age. And that knowledge has been insulated for all that time to be re-emerged now in our generation. So that is what the pyramid is. That is what the Bible is. The Bible is really the Egyptian ethos written in stone. And all the biblical stories, all the biblical characters are teaching us how to resurrect ourselves. I have to agree with you 100% on, on the Bible for sure. And it's interesting, you brought up a lot there uh, that I kind of wanted to comment on was that I, I 100% believe that we all, we are a fallen race. We are the fallen beings. That is us. And, uh, and you, you mentioned the, the different dimensions in there and in uh, esotericism, there exists uh, seven fundamental dimensions, right? And in the Kabbalah, uh, the Garden of Eden was said to reside in the fourth dimension, which is the dimension of thought and energy. And whenever uh, Adam and Eve partaked in the, the, the uh, tree of knowledge, which the tree of knowledge and the tree of life are just symbolizing that duality once again, um, they were brought into this 3D physical world, right, and uh, into suffering suffering and pain right and uh also wanted to comment on the uh the trinity that you were bringing up too because there's all of these religious trinities uh that are out there you know and, and christianity is the father son holy spirit jewish is cathar chokma bana hindu is brahma vishnu and shiva and egyptian is uh osiris horus and, and isis and to me it's all depicting the exact same thing right and is when you know man and woman come together 
you know, you are God, you know, it's, it's the unity of three, the three expressed as one together, right, in order to create the, the one has to divide itself into two. And then you see, you know, the separation here in this 3D world, how we've been separated and cut off from each other here in this 3D physical reality, because we used to be one, but we're not anymore. We used to have that divine direct connection with God, but it's been, it's been split whenever we fell into this 3D reality. I don't know if that uh, makes sense. Yeah, you see, when when creation creation really is, is seen as a tree, uh, that then can take us into tree meaning true. You can go into druidism, which means knower of oak trees, which is a sacred tree. But creation is the tree of of life of good and evil. Now, the good and evil part is duality. So the same tree has a positive side, has a negative side. So creation is the tree and the knowledge of good and evil is duality, which is really the comparison that we need to have this reality. Now, when you unify your two opposites, which is what we're trying to do with physical marriage, we're trying to, to, to fix the longing to return to unity. But when you unify both sides of the tree, that is symbolized by the fruit of the tree, which is the apple in the case of the Bible. So when you become unified, your two opposites become unified in the tree, you then become worthy to again eat from the fruit from the apple. So when you see the bite out of the Apple Corporation logo, mm. that is telling you of this sacred information of unification of your duality, your two polarities. That is when you are, should we say, permitted to again eat from the tree of good and evil. Now, evil is just the reverse of life or live. So evil really is the opposite to polarity to eternity, which is death. And when we come into this world, again, the Garden of Eden, we are here for a limited time in the GAN, in the confinement, in the body. That is what is happening. We come for it to, to, to a limited time. Now, when you look at the fourth dimension and time, according to Einstein, the fourth dimension is time. So because we operate within time, we're already in the fourth dimension. All of these different things are telling us now, now duality really is a comparable system. We have to have a comparison in order to exist in this reality of ours. Mm. Because without those comparisons, we can never measure how far we've progressed. You know, if I was to say to you, how do you feel today? And you say, I feel absolutely wonderful. Well, how do you know? Because at some point you felt really grotty and really ill. You know, and you have to have a comparison to have a concept of this reality. But when you look at the likes of the High of Horus and the symbol of the High of Horus, it is, it is not only talking about the pineal gland, but it's also talking about how to escape a five sense consciousness because each part of the eye represents a different sense, different one of our five senses. Now, when you escape the five sense consciousness and you realize that you are more than just matter, you are more than just a material existence, then you escape the five sense reality and you connect to the greater octaves. And that is what it is saying. And when spirit, the, the law of spirit, which is the character we know as God, wished to progress and expand itself, it needed to create resistance. That's the same as me going to the gym now and, and wanting to build up my muscles. 
I require resistance, which are the weights that I pump. <clears throat> so spirit in the same vein had to create resistance in order to flex its own muscles. That was matter. So matter is the negative side of spirit, but it's also the resistance that enables spirit to grow. So within that, you have the law of spirit, which is God, and you have the law of matter, which is Satan, the character we know as Satan. And the reason many occultists on the wrong side worship Saturn is because Saturn is the limiter of, of the material world. So again, we're both talking about the material world. So when you just believe that you are material and that is all you are, then you are bringing alive Satan within you because it is the law of matter. Now, a satanic consciousness takes the form of control, imposition of someone else's will on you, orders. Again, the, this system we have where everything that you own is theirs because it is lost. This is the control for power. It is all of this, these traits that we see in the world today by our leaders, by our rulers. And they're doing exactly what a satanic consciousness is, which is the, the power, the control, the money, the resources. We want it, we want it, we want it. That is satanic consciousness. That is the law of matter, material world. That's very important because a lot of people, Michael, they throw that word around, you know, like uh, Satanism and uh, yeah. satanic, and they have no idea what it means. So, and you're explaining it perfectly. Uh, keep going. <laughs> now that there's, there's many words that people, it's been diluted and just passed on from generation to generation. We never really understand what it is. Mm -hmm. So Satanism really is bringing alive material within you, the material lust, material lust for power and control and money and resources at the expense of everyone else, which is that inhumane system of the negative alien agenda of the fake timeline. So it all comes in. So when we actually unify ourselves and, and expand ourselves and realize that we're not just duality, that is an effect of a cause. So what is the cause? The cause is the Trinity code, which takes us to unity consciousness, which then connects us to unity consciousness, which is the Lord of spirit, which is God. But you have to realize that you are more than matter, but we are pinned in and imprisoned within a material world. This is all you are. You are born, you go to school, you go to college, you pay taxes, you die. That is the end of you. That is what religion tells us. That's what society tells us. That's what our medical system tells us. But it's only the physical side of you that can ever expire. Your essence, your true soul cannot expire. But what is happening within this matrix, their matrix, is they are should we say recycling finite energy which is why we are stuck in the birth and rebirth cycle they are doing it to us and when you expand from this prison of the mind this prison of the body then you don't come back and you experience and expand elsewhere and that to me are the positive aliens who are advanced spiritual humans who bypassed the birth and death cycle who then needed to continue that journey at a higher octave on different star systems, but they are coming back to help what they once were. And that to me is what is going on. Uh, that's a really, it's really interesting that you think that the, the aliens and the ETs are actually super advanced humans, but I just wanted to bring up something uh, really quick, which is in the Bible, it states that God created light and he created darkness. He created good and he created evil. Uh, and that's him creating the duality. And a lot of uh, Christianity and uh, the Abrahamic religious people just completely skip over that verse. Like they just brush that verse verse under the rug and act like <laughs> it's not in there. But um, let's get to the uh, 
what you think that these ETs are, because I, that's a really, really interesting theory that you think that they are um, just more highly advanced uh, humanoid species. I, I think they are, because again, when you look at the universe being a frequency, the, the, the universe being a sound, and there's many, many different sounds, as well as many, many different shapes, you know, the, 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 the languages that we speak, the numbers that we write, the letters that we write, are basically a frequency or a sound. And that is the same with Nazca lines, hieroglyphs, crop circles. They are sounds. And, and crop circles are created by sound coming from the rings of Saturn, largely. Because when you hear the sound of the rings of Saturn and you listen to the sounds within crop circles, they're an exact match. Now, within one hour and 29 minutes, you can get from Saturn by sound to Avery in Wiltshire. And why are 99% of crop circles around Stonehenge? Because in the planosphere, where each monument represents a different planet, Stonehenge represents Saturn. And that then makes sense as it's a crystalline radio receiver and transmitter that is taking these and it's, it's, that's, that's the sound, that the pattern that is created is the sound being transmitted. Now within those sound waves, there are letters, there are sentences, there are messages. So everything being a sound, everything has a comparable frequency. And a lot of people come, come to Earth, including me, thinking I don't belong here, this, this doesn't make sense. I'm, I, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, I don't fit in, I don't fit into schooling, I don't fit into to society, I feel different. I feel that I'm not from this world. That's because you, they are at a different vibration to their planet of birth. And when you have a, an incompatible frequency, you can feel it. So when you've advanced yourself and you've gone through, you know, the initiation of life, should we say, where, where before it used to be in the pyramids, in the temples, initiations now, are part of your everyday life, your decisions in life, your crossroads in life are your initiation, which is either expansive or not. And when you expand yourself and expand yourself and expand yourself to greater octaves, not only are you then entering into other dimensions and other timelines, but you're also becoming less and less compatible with the vibration of Earth as it currently stands on this timeline. Now, when that happens, when you pass from here, you go to a more compatible frequency. Now, that could be, you know, the Pallades, that could be Lyra, that could be Sirius, that could be Alpha Centauri, it could be Cassiopeia. It could be any of these different star systems that relate to where you are now as, as relates to your spiritual maturity and your frequency. So the positive alien agenda are, in my view, advanced spiritual humans that have gone through this process and they're now at a more compatible star system frequency, which is where they are. And when you go back to, to Rendlesham Forest and you talk about the binary code, when it was touched, there was all of these images. When it was deciphered, one of them was the evaluation of humanity. That is what some of the binary code said, so that they're coming back to evaluate us, to see how far we progressed, etc. Binary code is also duality duality and you have all this kind of tablets with this kind of writing hidden in the great pyramid you know and there are various doorways in the great pyramid that you can't see but if you use the correct word in the correct frequency in the correct time which is either seven or divisible by seven there are rocks that slide open to reveal stairways and some of them are 980 feet down into the ground and each of the rooms that are also sealed by doors you can't see contain the whole history of Earth and the history of humankind and also has lots and lots of alien technology in there as well. And they had they have tablets of writing that tell you about 
the writers. So when you, when you are at a greater capacity and frequency than Earth, you will then go somewhere else to continue on your journey. And I think some of them are coming back to help us. And, and that for me is the positive side. And that is to say the removal of holographic insertions, that is helping humanity to raise itself, to shift its timeline. And that is what is happening. Of course, you have the negative agenda, which is trying to pin us and lock us into the grid, the matrix, which is also symbolized by binary code. Have you done research into the uh, Romanian Sphinx that uh, Peter Moon uh, wrote those uh, books about, about Radu Cinemar, how they got into the, uh, the underneath the R Romanian Sphinx and they uh, found all of these uh, huge megalithic structures and they had like a, uh, like, like a highly advanced technology in there where they, someone could put their handprint on or uh, put their finger, the thumbprint on and then it, it revealed like all kinds of uh, different things about our, our history. It had like a record of like all of our history and then it also had like genetic um, crossbreeding representations too on like a holographic screen of like what certain humans would look like mixed with certain other different species and all that. Have you researched into that? Yeah, it's, it's again, it's, it's the same it's the same group of advanced uh, races that have, have insulated this information, this technology, and they're spread out across the world. So it is the same, it basically mimics, so, so the, the, the Sphinx of Egypt is the same. The Sphinx of Egypt is really, the riddle of the Sphinx is man, but it is telling you again how to elevate yourself through sound. So when you look at the, the face on Mars, for instance, and you have the mathematics of the face on Mars, and you overlay that with the Sphinx of Egypt, it's a mathematical exact match. So we have all of the, not, not only on, on our planets, but also on Mars and in different places as well. It's the same group that are spread out and spread the same knowledge. So you will find repeated information in the different places and the Sphinx of Egypt is the same. It has invisible doorways in the temples. It has information about man. You look at the face of the Sphinx and it, it, and it, 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 it correlates to, to the Triquetta, which you're talking about the number three and, and the sonics, you know, your root note, your intervals, your thirds and your fifth notes. And it's telling you about sound. It's telling you about how to raise yourself. And how it expresses this is, is in another riddle, which is one becomes two, two becomes three, and the third becomes one as the fourth. That is talking about notes, musical notes. Because when you hit a certain frequency, you are opening portals and you are going somewhere else and you are elevating yourself now as i say in 1971 in the inner circle of stonehenge there was five men campfire and tents in the center of stonehenge in august 1971 a police officer and a farmer were walking towards them they documented seeing a flash of light they heard screams and the five men disappeared and have never been seen again their campfire was still burning and their tents were still there they went through a portal and disappeared. I took a group a couple of years ago before lockdown to Stonehenge. And it was a small group too. We went into the inner circle of Stonehenge. And my co-host on the day just went into a trance, walked even further into the centre of Stonehenge in a trance. And she says to this day, I don't remember what I was doing. And she began to use harmonics of her voice, different harmonics from her, from her voice that she had no conscious awareness of. But as she was doing it, every stone of Stonehenge began to vibrate in a circle. 
these are sonic buildings. And as I say, because they're on magnetic lines, magnetic energy, which are ley lines, which are where the tectonic plates are putting out magnetic energy. There are certain crossovers and intersections that are even powerful concentration of magnetic energy. They were marked by domes. So wherever you see domes around the world, in Washington, DC, St. Paul's Cathedral in London, they mark portals across sections of ley line energy. And the Knights Templars are the guardians of the grids, which is part of the sonic blueprint of creation, which is the Holy Grail. All of these things are marked out in floor plans. The round table of Arthur is the zodiac or the zodiac landscape where you mimic the stars on earth. You have, you know, the round table of masonry, you have King Arthur's round table and all these different things. It is all marked for a reason. They are portals, they are magnetic energy, they are amplifications of sound. When I did a mathematical formula for the speed of reality, and I just did a mathematical formula for it, there was this one long, long number that kept popping up. It was 84.85, and then it was like, like pi, it was a bit a long series of numbers. Weeks later, when I was looking into the sonics of the Great Pyramid, the same number in the exact same sequence turned up in relation to their chord F or F sharp. F sharp opens portals. And there are Russian composers who have opened portals with the note F sharp. They, they are gateways to other places and they are marked by domes. So I think Stonehenge originally had a dome because it marks a cross intersection of ley lines, which is a portal. Which then makes you think about the symbol of the cross that Jesus is uh, crucified on too. It could be symbolized as a, as a portal as well. But my, my question is, is, okay, well, we know about the, the ley lines and how they, they harness the electric magnetic field of the earth. Uh, but I think that a lot of these ley lines and a lot of these things have been hijacked by uh, the whatever you want to call them, dark side uh, elites, whatever name you want to give them, the controllers and manipulators of our reality. They, they've been hijacked because a lot of these ley lines has monuments on them or they have a military base really, really close to it or right on the ley line. So I think that that they've done that on purpose. That's been a purposeful thing because they've known where the ley lines are. But then the question becomes, well, you know, we know that the, the earth is changing there and the earth is moving, magnetic north is moving, you know, by the day, you know, so is that going to switch up some of these ley lines and that could that be a part of uh, the downfall that we're kind of uh, seeing of our, uh, you know, I, I think anyway that, that they're losing, right? I don't think that they're winning. You know what I mean? And it's just appearing like they're winning, right? But could this be yeah. the, the shifting of the planet be something to do with these ley lines uh, actually moving off of where they've had all of this negative energy and negative, uh, you know, things planted? The, the, the big wheel spins in a, a determined way. What I mean by the big wheel is, is that the universe is determined it has its cycles, it has its mathematical equations that everything adheres to. It has its individual laws for each dimension. So the big wheel spins how the creator spun it. And everything that we are seeing, what appears to be natural phenomenon, 
is a determined outcome. Yes, the negative side have taken controls of the ley lines. The, the very reason that the, the, the British government or the UK government were talking about putting a highway beneath Stonehenge is to take control of, of the energy lines. Because if, for anybody who's ever been to Stonehenge, there are literally miles and miles and miles of fields around Stonehenge. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. You don't need to build a highway underneath Stonehenge. The only reason you're doing that is to screw up the magnetic lines. That, that is the only reason they're doing that, because they are trying to control them, because they know very well as part of their false matrix, the control of these magnetic lines, these blueprints of creation, so to speak, can change consciousness, can change people's consciousness. And they want to control everything because they want to control people's minds, they want to control people's life. <clears throat> so yes, they are temporarily in charge of them. Going back to the cross, the cross is man. Because when you outstretch your arms, like, like on the Vitruvian man, you are, you are the cross. Now what that is telling you is that we crucify our divinity within the cross within man so where does the pyramid is the divinity within matter the cross is matter that destroys its divinity and by that it basically means that you shut out your divine side you shut out your spiritual side and you concentrate on matter now when that happens we become the criminal observing the crucifixion of our divine self which are the crosses next to christ on the hill so that so so that really is what is happening with, with the cross it is it is crucifying your divine nature which is obviously the opposite to what the pyramid is telling us. A spiritual crucifixion. Spiritual crucifixion of your of your God self, of your divinity, because the cross is matter. And again, when you look at the Kabbalah, you know that cross has uh, it can can be made from into six cubes, and the number six is the number of man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's all man. It's all destroying your own divinity and destroying your your own Christ, which is your infinite illumination, your divine self your perfect man, your perfect state. Now, when we fall from this celestial place to the terrestrial place, we are born in the stable. Now, what the Bible means by that is the stable is the place of animals. Taking that further and deeper, that place of animals is humanity's animal instinct, animalistic nature. So when you see the likes of the centaur and things when it's half man, half, half, half animal, that is, that is a symbol of you know overcoming your animalistic nature the man the human to become human so we are born in a stable the divine child is born in a stable and it has to resurrect itself and rebirth itself amongst the animalistic nature of the stable of the world and we use the energies of the 12 revelations which are the zodiac which again is alpha's table which is which is you know related to the temples round table as well but we use the energy of the 12 revelations, the 12 signs of the Zodiac, the 12 disciples. And one such energy is Capricorn, Capricornus, which covers December. That is why the divine child is born in the stable in December. It is telling us of astronomical energy. So we are all the divine child that's born in, in, in adversity, in animalistic nature of our race. And some of us resurrect ourselves and rebirth ourselves and raise our own Christ in the adverse system that, that we live in. And many people now tell you that, you know, Baphomet and the gout is all Satan and all that, but originally it wasn't. It, it's a symbol of the divine child in December, born 
I mean, Christ is a metaphor. It was never a physical person. But, you know, that is why we are told he was born in December, because he's Capricorn, it is the goat. Now, we call our children kids. Our divine child is born in December in the stable. That's, this is what, when you read the Bible at its correct levels, it is a, a magnificent manual to tell it you how to, how, to, how to raise yourself. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and unfortunately, you know, we've been, uh, the majority of the population has been told to, you know, take it all literal and take it as fact and like history. And it's not, it's allegorical, it's metaphorical. And you uh, just reminded me of something that I wanted to mention earlier, which is uh, about temples, right? Because in, in Acts uh, 7, 48, uh, says the, the most high dwell not in the temples of hands, but in the temples not built by hands are the temples between your eyes and in front of your ears, right? So, right, it's the temples are called temples for a reason. So anytime that temples are brought up in the Bible, it's referring to the temples of the, of the <clears throat> mind, not an actual uh, physical, literal temple. Yep, and, and the key to the temple is your tongue because it is vibrational keys that open the temple. And that is the key to the Masonic Lodge. That is the key to the temple. The temple is Golgotha or Galilee, the place of skull, or Jericho. Uh, that is what you're talking. And, and the walls of Jericho were, were, were brought down by sound. Uh, so all of these things correlate. You know, the, the, the tongue, which gives you your octaves, which gives you your, your vibrations, and the temple, of course, we have temple, which means house of God. And we have the Knights Templars, who are the guardians of the grids, which is the Holy Grail. And they have round buildings. So everything always relates to the same thing. And even though you could be talking of multiple different civilizations and multiple of different religious books and multiple of different subjects, what I've found is that they can all be connected back to one place. And that one place is that we must know thyself because the answer to the mystery is within the mystery and we are the mystery and if you want to understand the universe or the oceans or nature then you have to understand yourself because we really are the symbol of the mysteries which is the pentagram which is your start of bethlehem within the most famous religious song in the world hallelujah the chorus is the pentagram you can superimpose the five notes and whatever and make the pentagram within the chorus of hallelujah the pentagram is the ether and the four elements. The four elements are symbolized by the dragon because he breathes fire, it flies through the air, it has scales which represent water and his claws sticking to the ground. So you have the four elements symbolized by the dragon. Now, when you want to overcome your four elements, you become the dragon master. And what does what is another word for dragon master? Pendragon. What is our King Arthur's surname? Pendragon. They are telling you in many different myths, in many different ways. You know, we are to overcome the dragons. And when we do that, we become the gods. We become the, the, the walking gods. And there's a, there's a cathedral close to me that there's this effigy of, a, of an ancient priest. And it, below his feet is a dragon. And he's telling you just that, he'd overcome his four elements to raise his god self. So we're being told repeatedly in different cultures and different myths and different ways in, in different stories uh in different movies from hollywood and different things we are being told all of these things but it is for us to realize the true message it's, it's like really really the, the way in which the bible is interpreted and the way in which the bible is now taught 
or has always been taught, is that the story must be believed, not what the story is covering or what the story is telling you at a deeper level, but the story must be, be believed. You know, it's like it's like me believing in, in the Sorcerer's Apprentice with Mickey Mouse as being historical fact. It's not. It's a story. But people are taking stories as, as historical fact and not reading into the stories and what it means. And, you know, Christ is called the greatest story ever told. Why? Because it's a story. But it hides a deeper message. And we're not looking at the deeper message. Uh, and that is our downfall. And that is what keep, that's what keeps us down by not taking any notice of this ancient sacred wisdom that has been left for us to decipher. Yes, I agree. And uh, you mentioned something. I just want to mention something really quick before uh, I let you go, uh, get your comments on. Um, you mentioned vocal cords in there. And I think that our vocal cords are actually the voice of God, because in Genesis 11, it says that God came in and, and mixed up our language. But I think that that's not true. I think that we were telepathic and psychic beings before the Tower of Babel, of course, you know, Tower of Babel being a metaphorical, all the stories in the Bible are metaphorical and allegorical, uh, just like you stated, and that I've come to discover too. But I think that we were all telepathic beings before then, and then God came in and gave us voice, because when you think of the Tower of Babel, you think Babel, you know, you're just babbling, you know, you can't understand each other. Well, you, it makes sense that you wouldn't be able to understand each other if you'd never been able to speak before. You know, and it was all telepathic. And then all of a sudden your telepathic communication was cut off and you're just, no one and everyone just dispersed, right? So I think that there's something to our vocal vocal cords uh, being a direct uh, connection to uh, the voice of God. Again, in the beginning was the word, thought, manifest as a vocal, as a sound. And that is creation. And the tower, tower, represents a number of things, but it also represents the letter I, as in I am. Now, the letter I is the current or the frequency of the mind of God. So that is the I, that is the tower. Now, when you look at the voice, you can bring into the world divine knowledge through your voice, or you can corrupt and destroy the world by what you say. You can raise somebody or you can destroy them with your voice. Now, the voice is the fifth chakra. What is situated inside your fifth chakra? Your Adam's apple. Mm. It can be the fall of man. It is your choice. Your voice, your choice. And really, we can do wonders with the voice, which is the key, the harmonic key to the temple. And as I say, you know, voice octaves were able to have that effect on, on Stonehenge. When you, when you start looking at... You know, the, 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 the harmonies, the keys of David or the keys of Enoch, they are harmonic keys and you activate harmonic keys with your voice. And the masters of sound were able to use tonal rules, which is multiple harm harmonics at the same time with their voice. There's been people that I speak to who know the people have actually played their birth sign in notes and chords and have half disappeared, half become invisible. Everything is a sound. When we have a date of birth and when we come into this world on a particular date of birth, those are numbers which are converted sound. Our soul has a unique frequency, is unique as our fingerprint. We are sound. Everything is sound converted. 
So it makes sense that if you are using sound, you're either aligning to good or you're aligning to what you perceive to be bad. And yes, the, the point you made moments ago about the creator created duality. So it created what you deem to be dark and light in equal amounts, which are two different sides of the same scale. And when we get to the wrong side of the scale, we become that far from the absolute that it can no longer act directly. And we need a booster. We need to retune ourselves in alignment with the cosmic Christs, which are the suns, which are the great octave stars. So we need to bring ourselves towards the Christ, the cosmic Christ, because the, the, every time you see a star in the sky, it is a sun for its own system, its own planetary system. And they are the great octave stars that are connected to the absolute. They are known as the whole. Now whole gives us holiness. All of these things are connected. So it is talking about ourself, our potential to realign ourselves with the greater octaves of the universal creation. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate you uh, coming on. I think that's a fantastic uh, place to, to end it. And uh, I appreciate you a lot. We I really much enjoyed the conversation. Where can uh, people find you online if they would like to check out your work? Probably the best place to go to is the website, which is michael-feely.com. Uh, from there, you can click buttons and go onto Facebook, YouTube, different things. You can read free blogs, watch videos uh, on the site as well. Uh, you can have one-on-one -on -one calls with me and, and different things. So probably the website is the best place to go because that leads to everywhere else uh, with events and, and, and things that I'm doing as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, the link to uh, Michael's website will be in the description of this video. Go over there and check that out. Uh, for everyone else, thanks for watching and listening. Uh, much love to everyone in the chat. Please be sure to hit the thumbs up button to help the channel out in the YouTube algorithms. Share, subscribe, hit the bell icon as well for notifications. The link to my channel on uh, Rockfin is in the description. Hit the uh, sign up over there and hit the follow button. And I just released a uh, Rockfin from premium episode the other day. Uh, check it out over there. And you can also catch this episode and any of my other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts too, and download them individually on speaker.com directly to your device for free. Again, thanks so much, Michael, for coming on and uh, sharing your knowledge and wisdom with me and my viewers. I appreciate you a lot, brother. Thank you. Anytime. And, and thanks for having me. Thank you. And remember, we're not only in a spiritual war, but a war on humanity. Stay aware, stay alert, keep loving your heart for everyone. Stay safe out there. And if you can see through the illusion, you are the solution. See you guys next time.